Welcome back to Grandpa's Tales of Terror. We're going to continue with Jerky, Part 4. Now close your eyes and let your imagination carry you into a world of fear and horror. <laughs> John was still struggling with how dark hair got out of the handcuffs and the holding cell. Driving by the town bar where the Harleys were parked, John saw that the bikes were gone. He was somewhat anxious, wondering now where did the motorcycles go. He pulled into the parking lot of the town hospital and got out of the car. Walking in, he asked to see Blonde Hair and the doctor who was treating him. John walked into the room where Blonde Hair was and pulled back the curtain. The bed was empty, but sitting there was... Henry Bartwin Sr., the mayor, and Sam the butcher, who was holding on to a video camera. John, very surprised, asked what the hell was going on and where were his prisoners. Henry went on to tell him that this was going to be that little talk he mentioned earlier and that the meeting was being streamed to everyone who was watching in the auditorium at the local high school, which was standing room only. To say John was confused would be an understatement. He looked at Henry and asked what the hell was going on. Henry told John that he knew this day was coming when Frank was going to retire and someone new was going to take his place. Henry didn't really know where to start, so he kind of started at the beginning. He proceeded to tell John that when the town was first founded, honest folk came to work at the business and wanted to stay, a place to call home. By this time, Joseph and Frederick had married and had children with another one on the way. The brothers, being democratic and fair, wanted everyone to let them know what kind of town they wanted. A list was made and had some things that every town has. Stores, a drinking establishment, school, and so on. Everyone knew that a sheriff and fire department was needed. Standard stuff. However... 100% wanted safety and security. Not job security, they already had that, but knowing that no one was going to break into their homes, no crime, and laws in place to protect everyone and the town. Henry then asked John to go for a walk with them. As they walked, Henry continued. He started by saying his great-grandfather and granduncle and the town council back then, by vote, were all in favor of developing town laws that would nip any sort of crime in the bud, so to speak. Each law was worded carefully to make sure that there could be certain tolerances from non-townsfolk, meaning visitors and strangers, and actions and deeds or behavior that wouldn't be tolerated at all. John was then handed a small book, not too thick, by the mayor. He motioned to John to take it and have a look. John opened the book and started to read. His eyes grew bigger when he read what wasn't tolerated and what the punishments would be if broken. After reading a bit more, John closed it and told Henry that what they were doing was breaking every conceivable law in the world and that everyone in the town was guilty for taking part. Henry explained that their methods of dealing with issues and crime was direct and to the point. John shook his head in disbelief and reiterated that what they were doing was against the law. They walked into the plant, which was almost completely quiet. A 
except for the dehydration machines that maintained a low and steady hum. Henry approached the meat locker and asked John to stand where he was. He opened the locker, tied up with their hands over their heads, hanging from a meat hook and gagged, were the two bikers. They were wild with fear, and when they saw John, muffled noises came from their mouths. Asking for help, John couldn't believe what he was seeing. That book, Henry went on to explain, were Bartwin's laws, their laws. Every person who lives here, who has grown up here, has had a safe and happy upbringing and life. Everyone had a say in what they would like to see and what they do not want to see. Being safe was number one. No crime was number two. John looked at him, shaking his head, asking if they were a religious cult. Henry chuckled and said, no, just a town where people look out for each other. No fighting, the odd argument, but neighbors get along. Henry started speaking again, telling John that everyone in the town knew that federal and state laws were applicable in the county. He mentioned parking and speeding tickets, vehicle infractions, and so on. He also reminded John about the time with the people that were trying to smuggle the booze, cigarettes, and drugs across state lines. He remembered that John told him that stopping the smuggling was one of the best days of his life. The high-speed chase, pit maneuver, arranging a blockade made a great arrest, too, Henry added. Henry handed John the file folder he was carrying, which John opened. It was him, from when he was a baby to him yesterday. Photographs, audio, the private sessions that were taped with the town psychiatrist. Henry told John that they want him to be their sheriff, obeying not just the laws of the government, but the town's laws also, to protect everyone, including himself. John asked why didn't they just get one of the people from the town to be the sheriff. To that question, Henry just said that not everyone has what's inside of them to be law enforcement, and the town likes getting someone who has experience already such as himself. John asked, so what happens to the two bikers? Henry just replied that because they attacked the cafe waitress and the sheriff and broke some of the lesser laws, which there were quite a number of, the two bikers are to be executed mainly because of the attacks. John then asked, how did the other sheriffs and paramedics get there so quick after he radioed for help? Henry nodded and told him that he wasn't going to lie, but with everyone in the town watching, they had a feeling that something was going to happen, so the bikers' every move was watched. The sheriffs from the other towns and the paramedics were already en route to help. He went on saying everyone knew that John could handle himself, but added that he wouldn't have been alone if things had gone south. The town had his back. John kept looking at Henry and made more of a statement than a question that Henry was the one who talked to the guy about Woofy, the dog on the beach. Henry nodded yes and said he was. He then added that John only heard one side of the story, that after Henry asked politely if the dog could be put on a leash, showing the guy the bylaw sign and asking to maybe lower the barking a bit, 
The fellow's reply was, yeah, sure, whatever. Henry then told him that there is a penalty for breaking the leash law according to the town bylaw. The guy looked at Henry and told Henry, quote, to go fuck himself and mind his own business, unquote. Henry politely asked, is that your final answer? The guy just walked away. John then asked if he took the dog, to which Henry nodded yes, and had accidentally dropped the collar that John found. Wanting to know, John asked, what happened to Woofy? Henry casually said, fed it to the pigs, just like all the other penalty bylaw infractions. John could feel bile rising up in his throat. How many have there been, John? Henry replied that there have been quite a few over the years. Some cats, but mainly dogs, all from strangers, either staying at the campground or just passing through. John then said, all fed to the pigs? Henry nodded. Even the bikers, John added. Henry nodded again, saying, they have special pigs that are used just for that purpose. That's all they do is eat. Henry tried to make a joke, telling John that he didn't have to worry about the sausage. John didn't crack a smile. A few moments of silence occurred, John not knowing what to say. He eventually asked if he agreed, what would he have to do? Henry looked at him, answering that he had bullets in his gun and could choose to shoot the two bikers, executing them before they got fed to the pigs and doing one other small show of commitment. Henry also added that he could shoot himself, if he thought that was right. Then Henry said, or shoot me, which would end his law enforcement career and that he'd be lucky to get a job as a dishwasher. John nodded and asked, what if he exposed all this? What was going to happen then? Telling the nation, the entire world, what was going on. Henry smiled and continued his story.